do you know what? I actually enjoyed that one. Oh, did you? Yeah. That yeah. makes a change, doesn't it? Yeah, that was strange. I think it's it's now grown on me. Oh, fantastic. Hello, by the way. Hi, 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 podcast world. How are you? Why am I waiting for someone to reply? I have no idea. <laughs> but I thought I'm just going to leave him to it. He seems happy. <laughs> I was, I, do you know what? I was caught off guard then. I was thinking, everyone said rude. Why aren't they replying? And then I realised that they're not actually here. You are a How are you, Sean? Are you going to reply? <laughs> Evidently not. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm really good. How are you? <laughs> it's, it's that difficult to say. Yeah. Oh, I'm all good. Are How you are you nervous because you know what's coming? I'm not nervous. However, I feel like you should be nervous. No. Uh, if you're wondering what we're talking about, we will get to it later. <laughs> we'll go through the motions and then we'll, we'll have the biggest fight in the history of podcasts and oh, Nightmares. Oh, yeah. That I'll win. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm st- sorry, I'm still laughing at no one answering me when I, I asked them. Um... God. Yeah. Do we have any horror film news today? Do you um, have any horror film news today? Well, one piece of very surprising news, I suppose, is that... Do you remember the film by Ty West called X, which was sort of a horror film where they were filming a porno in a barn and then they all ended up getting killed by an old woman? It was out it rings a bell. earlier this year. Well, they're making a prequel called Pearl, and I don't get it. Shouldn't the prequel be called W? <laughs> I love how long it took you to figure that out. <laughs> I know, yeah. If you could edit that together oh. so it didn't take, take ten seconds. Uh, but, yeah, well, that um, didn't it? I don't really understand why there's no need for this. We don't. I'm, I mean, I'm not interested. I don't know whether fans out there are interested or not. But yeah, there we go. That's my piece. That's my offering for horrible yeah, news. It didn't do very well, but that seems to be. They just seem to be going. Oh my god, what did we do? Oh, this is a film. Let's make a prequel or a sequel out of it because there's a prequel as a sequel. Sorry, coming to a very. I don't know if anyone's seen it because it's a bit obscure, but it's a film. It's a shark film called The Reef. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's not actually that bad. See, I don't know which one The Reef is. Because there's it's that the many. one where they, they didn't use CGI sharks. They used, like, filmed real sharks and then kind of CGI'd them into the action. And it works. It was all right. The story was a bit naff and the budget mm. was, like, about a tenner. But it, it was <laughs> it was pretty good because I don't know why people still do CGI sharks, but um, this one, what's it called? This one's called, obviously... Oh, it's called the Reef Stalked. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, and but the idea of it is the, the the kind of concept behind it is that they use real sharks and kind of put them in the action, and it worked for the first one. This one might have a bit of a bigger budget. I mean, they didn't they didn't put the budget into pick thinking of the name, obviously. But no, they didn't. Um, the trailer looks very good. I mean, it, it, everyone loves a good shark film. Um, unfortunately, there's only about three of them in the world, so. Maybe that's going to be an exception to the rule. <clears throat> but yeah, that was a bit of news. Also, in another bit of massive news, um, the long, long, long-awaited 
Prey, which is coming to Disney, uh, has now been given a release date, and that is tabled for the 5th of August. So that, Shut as we up. sit here and live and breathe now, that is, that, I think that's Friday, isn't it? It is. I thought it was next week. No, Friday, it looks like, from what I can see I mean, here, not next week, uh, next month. I was going to say, you are only waiting like a week or I know, longer. Wow. Um, <laughs> impatient little stool that you are. Is it going to um, come out on like Blu-ray and stuff? Eventually, yeah. Well, the best app because like, I've got I, a I collection there. It well, they need to. They what? want to. I've got a Blu-ray got a collection, collection of, of Predator films. Yeah. So, you know, it needs What's to... What's in it? Well, the Predator films, John. What, just one and two? Well, no, obviously not, John, because that's not how I collect, is it? Forgive my silence, but you have a, a DVD collection, Blu-ray collection, with Alien vs. Predator and Alien vs. Predator 2 in it. And also um, Predators and The Predator. This is not making you look any better. Well, it's not like I don't sit and watch them on loop. Like it's just part of the set. That's OCD. That that's a that's a classic case of OCD. I have to have the set, even if the set is utter garbage. Well, yeah, but like, I'm sure that's what your mum thinks about you and your brother. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to take me back, mate. Um, yeah, and in. Uh, Slightly annoying bit of final bit of news. Um, I've ca- I'm kind of looking forward to the new Salem's Lot, uh, but I'm just going to stop looking forward to it now because I've had to sit through it being put back three times and it's just been put back again. So I'm going to just die without hope now because I don't think it's ever oh, going to yeah. come out. I'm thinking of something else, aren't I? Pet Cemetery. I was thinking of. So is yeah, is it an actual movie or out. a TV? It's. Thing? Um, I believe it is a TV series, or is it? Interesting. Let me just well, I don't know, confirm John. this. I have looked at this before, but I can't actually remember. I believe it's a film. Oh, okay. But either way, I'm looking forward to it. I tried to read the book and found it immensely boring and um, stopped reading anything that Stephen King ever wrote from that moment, and that was his second novel. I challenged myself to read things that Stephen King had written from the beginning. I absolutely loved Carrie and then got to Salem's Lot, which is obviously his second novel, and was immensely bored at the size of it as well. Like, come on, you're not even saying anything for chapters on chapters on chapters. It's just... Shit. <laughs> that is my review. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just giving up right now. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna die without hope. Oh, yeah. Pleasant. Um, one. Oh, another thing, and I, and, I, and I, another thing, and a question. Okay. Um, right. I did, We discussed this this week because mm. I saw a poster for a film mm-hmm. that isn't really horror, but it scared the shit out of me. So I want to ask you. When is a horror film not a horror film? 
when does it just become scary? The film in question, let me just tell you about it, was the new Christopher Nolan one that's coming out. Uh, it's just called Oppenheimer. Uh, it's about, obviously, um, Thingy Oppenheimer who invented the nuclear bomb. I forgot his fucking first name. It doesn't matter, I know who you mean. Robert, Robert Oppenheimer, who, who basically built the first nuclear bomb. Um, and the, why did the, this the, scare the poster you? Is because the because of nuclear bombs scare the shit out of me and they should scare the shit out of everyone. So the poster is just this man standing there, like the silhouette of a man with all this explosions going on on around him. And I was just I, I just got gripped by this fear because nuclear war scares the shit out of me as it should everyone as mm. I just said. Yeah. And I was like, but it's not a horror film, so why am I scared? And then I thought, wow, how many other films are scary but aren't horror films? Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I don't know. Mean Girls. I've not. <laughs> mean Girls is good. Um, I can't think of a film that has been scary but has not been a horror for me. Um, That's because you're. Maybe you Boys Don't Cry. Path. Actually, Boys Don't Cry is not a horror film, but it was fucking horrific, and that's a film I will never, ever, ever, ever watch again. Um, There's a few documentaries that have scared me that scared the shit out of me as well. Yeah, well, you oh, are a bit of a fan. Mad, it's yeah. just mad. Yeah, well, thanks, mate. You're um, True, though. Um, it's just something like I've, I, I might actually delve into and see how many actually, actually non-horror films scare me. Prefer for some weird shit to come out of that. I mean, I think you're scared of a lot of things. Aren't you? So, I think that list is going to be quite long. I'm not really scared of them. I'm scared of the idea of them. I'm not really like, not when it comes to a lot of things. I'm scared of like a lot of conventional things like nuclear war. That scares me quite a bit. Oh, um, yeah, that's quite normal. Global warming, mm. having a shit job, my tiny penis, <laughs> um, loads of things. I mean, that is horrific. Mm. Right, should we have an argument now? Go. Screaming service. <laughs> right. Another two for you today, but we'll start off with the one that I think we're going to agree on. Okay. I don't know, but I think we will. Okay. Um, let me just get my idiot sheet up. <clears throat> don't know why it just says, like, the name and the director. It is <laughs> 1996's From Dust Till Dawn, directed by Robert Rodriguez, written by Quentin Tarantino, uh. who's he? Uh, based on a story by Robert Kurtzman. Um basic plot is two brothers of are bad pats on the run from the law um, they're a bit psychotic one's a bit psychotic the other one is George Clooney um, they take a family trying to get across the border to Mexico they take a family hostage uh, get across the border meet their contact in a bar just over the border and all fucking hell breaks loose in ways you at the time just couldn't imagine Sean, what were your first thoughts? So, I remember watching this, obviously, a long time ago now, and thinking it was quite good. Um, I was really into vampire stuff back then. Um, but on rewatch, I'm disgusted with myself for thinking it was a good film. Um, Why do we do this? I, we... we, we we're not going to agree on anything, are we? 
I mean, John, don't tell me you thought this was a good film. I can't even look at you. I absolutely love it. It's fantastic. It's one of the most delicious romps ever. I don't even know what to say to you. I'm absolutely flabbergasted that this is coming it's out your mouth. Fucking, it's fucking fabulous. It takes it. It's it does exactly what I wanted to do, and it's it's dark as fuck and so much fun. Dark as fuck. Um, off its head. Please, John. This no apps no. I'm sorry. Go on. Why? Why didn't you like it this time? You Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> what about him? I don't like him. George cancels him out enough. George does not cancel him out. I don't particularly like George Clooney either. I don't know why he's even in films. I don't get his appeal. Sean, do you like anything? Just yeah. name one thing you like. I like you. <laughs> no, you really like <laughs> you. What what is not to like about this? It was pre days that he thought he was a god, so he's actually bearable. It's Who? So Quentin? He's not John. He is in this. He's not now. Sorry, Quentin, but you're not. You might be the, one of the greatest filmmakers ever, but you're not. Um, you, you. John, if I heard the word pussy one more time, I was gonna fucking bang me head through the window or something because there's a lot of pussy like it even says pussy it's 1996 so I think yeah it is it was <laughs> <laughs> no. do you know what okay so directorially I thought it, it looked Tarantino which was weird because obviously it's not directed by Tarantino this film but th- there were elements of it that I thought this feels like a Tarantino film without knowing that he actually wrote it. If does that make sense what I'm what I'm saying? Yes, the author. Um, and then his script was for the benefit of the people at home. Sean has just rolled his eyes about five times. Was not was not great, John. Like. I feel like he said, wouldn't it be boss if these guys went to this strip club and then everyone turned out to be a vampire and then all of us mates who wank him off were like, oh yeah, that would, Quentin, be a, a fantastic idea. And then he's gone away and thought, I know, I'll write a little story for that. Give it some context as much as I can and try to loosely fit a narrative around titty twisters um, <laughs> a horrible title and um, this is what he's come up with this I'm, I'm shocked the story I'm, with those two brothers goes on for far too fucking long I didn't give a shit by the time they got to Mexico I, I wasn't bothered in fact John I didn't even finish the rewatch of this film because I thought it was that much of a waste of my time Selma Hayek High point She looked gorgeous She danced well That's it (laughs) Nothing stood out Nothing stood out Nothing Except the fact that Tom Savini was in it (laughs) I I I cannot Disagree more I still think This is uh, It's not you're a silly yeah, bastard. I think this is... It's so. It's just so much fun from start to finish. It's got Harvey Keitel on it and 
there's your guarantee of quality and satisfaction. Even Juliette Lewis doesn't annoy me as much as she normally does. Juliette Lewis plays I, the same person in everything that she's in. Well, this was the one of the first, so it it doesn't count. It does. I mean, it does. John. And I, Harvey, I just, Harvey, I, I, I love Harvey, but even he must look back on this and think, "What the fuck was that?" He must have been skint at this time in his life. It must have something must have happened. I I don't think any of them will. I think every, all everyone involved is very proud of it. I think. Why are you rubbing your belly? Proud of it. <laughs> I had an itch because <laughs> I feel like you're on me, and I'm going to get your ridiculous ridiculousness. <laughs> I'm I just, just very I, surprised, John. I, I, I'm very surprised because I think you're a really talented. What? Your reaction. I think you're a really like talented writer, and I just feel like this. It does not live up to the standards of a good or a well-written film. Well, it, it it was one of I mean, I, I even then, even though it was one of their first films, I mean, it's got Quentin Tarantino all over it, and I do think that um, he directed a lot more than he says he did. Because mm. you are right, it does look like a Tarantino film, and you can see him getting those early steps in. I think the 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 scene in the um in the store at the beginning, that's just classic Tarantino. Mm. That, that's that's yeah. him all over. I truly believe he directed that, but I don't mind him doing that. I don't mind even mind him writing stuff up until about oh god, up until about two thousand. He can write what he wants because the man could do it. Then he wasn't surrounded by yes men, and I think it works in this. I think he's got Robert Rodriguez next to him saying to him. That scene's long enough now. Cut that there. He doesn't have that now, which is why every scene is about four hours long and full of nothing. Like this, this actually entire has film. something in it in each one. I, I I think I think it has something in each one. It's got like a little a little show showcase in every scene, and um, like I I love the beginning. I love it when they get out of there. I love the the crossing into Mexico. I love it when they arrive at the bar and it's just like. What the fuck is going on here? And you and you say what the fuck out loud. And any film that you say what the fuck out loud is brilliant to me. And then when you get in there and it, the doors get locked and then all hell starts to break loose. And you find out that Tom Savini is some some mm-hmm. mad vampire hunter. And you're just going, what the, what, am I am I asleep now? With and a then, penis gun. Oh, yeah, or a gun it's penis. Fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, uh, Pulled straight from the comic books. Fantastic. You're wrong. And it's not the first time today you're going to be wrong. Pulled either. straight from the comic books. I mean, you've pretty much just summed up this entire film. It's it's basically... I mean, if kids could watch films with swearing and boobs and drugs and drinking, then this is made for them. It's for children and people with childlike uh, minds. Well, uh, well, that's why I love it. But wow. I'd rather watch this than shite stuff like actual shite stuff not things that you just don't like because you're weird um but like it's 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 fun it it's exciting it's filled with corking quotes you can do in the pub yes it is for childlike minds you are completely right because i've just realized how many times i've quoted this in the pub (laughs) but i love it and it's great now I'm just, but I'm genuinely same, shocked and I feel like I don't even want to discuss it anymore with you because I, I feel, do you know what I feel like? I right, feel disappointed. 
Do you ain't seen nothing yet, mate. <laughs> well, I know what's coming about the next one, John, already, because we've yeah, caffed about this so many times. <laughs> this is like 10 years in the making, this. It is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it's I finally going to be recorded. <laughs> for, for me, it's it's it it's straight, it, it kind of, this, from dusk till dawn, kind of crosses the, the, the bounds of popcorn and nightmare cinema. I love it, but I know it's not a great film, but I love it. Um, so I'll it, it, it's it's I'll stay for the nightmare popcorn certified cinema. nightmare. There you go. So that's the one. You know waste I mean. of absolute fucking space. This film, absolute waste of space. You I are so weird. I'm not weird. That film is fucking weird and not in a good way. Just Sometimes I think you genuinely need a slap. I'm appalled. Actually, I'm gonna phone you. I'm gonna phone your mum and just tell her to go to your house and slap you. I'm appalled by you and your decisions. I do you know what I thought we were gonna be? I was gonna go to be nice and calm. We were gonna be mates going into this. Now I want to kill you even more. See, I feel like I'm a bit deflated from this argument now because I just I'm disgusted in yeah from what you've just been saying. <laughs> and now I feel like how am I gonna do this argument with injustice? Because I'm that deflated. You, no, you can't because <coughs> you, you can't do this argument justice. Right. Well, I can though. I can. We just yeah. we have very different set ideas, and right. It's already an, starting. It's to an extent, into the weighing. To an extent, both of us are right, and we both know that we are. But what our, what our thing is is that we have to fight our own corners, and some of what John says I agree with, and some of what John says I know he agrees with. <laughs> Regardless of what he says. So we have to just fight our individual corners and I'm going to keep my hat on and John's going to keep his hat on and then <laughs> we will go from there. So let's just lead um, into it, John. Let's just go. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, like, that for me is Certified Nightmare, Stay for the Popcorn. I love it. It's not to everyone's taste, right? Well, I imagine it's Nightmare Cinema for you. No, yeah. it's Certified Nightmare. You know what I mean? The same thing. Um... Right. Okay. <clears throat> Shall we do this? Let's go. Next up, we have the nineteen eighty-six. Because I'm leading this, I'm introducing it, and I'll introduce it my way. Go for it. The nineteen eighty-six masterpiece that is Aliens, directed by James Cameron, written by James Cameron, produced mm. by James Cameron. Sang the theme tune. Sang the theme tune. Starred as one of the aliens. Built the set, <laughs> was the APC, basically did it all. Um, for me, arguably a perfect sequel. Not the same film, and I don't want the same film. I, I wanted some. You, you, I love the original film. I love it so much. And James Cameron loved it as well, which is why he went, I can't do that again. If he'd have done it again, he wouldn't have done it justice for a start because nothing is ever going to beat that. He just would have gone, why is he trying to copy that? So we had to do something different, but he's kept enough of the original in this. We had a brief argument about this, a brief preview argument about this last week. Um, he's kept enough of the original in there and ramped it all up. I think it is, it's not better than the original, but it's as good for being a completely different film. I love this film. For me, the sixth best film ever made, this is, by the way. Rebuttal? Okay. <laughs> so, 
I take your point that... Can I just say, can I just say, I really, really have no idea why you don't like this. I'm actually looking forward to it. You do, I've told you so many times. I know, I know, but it's it just doesn't make sense to me. I want you to tell me in a calm, organised... I won't interrupt. Okay. I'll try not to interrupt. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll back away from the mic. <clears throat> All right. Yeah, so, I'm not that big of a fan of James Cameron. Um... I don't. I think a, a lot of his earlier films look the same, and I think this is one of those films. Um, and I understand that people have a style and people have an approach. However, is it his style? Because his new films don't look like that. They're all built in computers. Um, anyway, um, I completely understand why people say he didn't want to remake the original that's great you're not supposed to remake the original you're supposed to make a follow-up if that's what you choose to do what i don't appreciate is going from a horror film into in no way at all a horror film and making it a straight sci-fi film i don't agree with that at all um and you know you can say what you want it has horror elements great so does Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure we already mentioned it that's got some horrific elements for me and yet it's not a horror film (coughs) excuse me let me just take a drink (laughs) I also really 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 dislike what he did with Ripley a lot Um. Her character is in no way the same person as it was in the original film at all. And don't forget, she's been asleep for 50 odd years, so she would have had no room for character progression at all within that time frame from the first to the second. None. Except for the few months where she's been awake before she goes away to um, the the uh, planet. Um, so that's my big... Will you stop typing? I'm taking notes. Well, don't. Just listen. This is not how conversations are had. Another big problem with her character, other than being Ripley 2, is the fact that he... We discussed it last week, that her, the fact that she is sort of androgynous is quite important to the film and quite important to that character so what does james cameron do as soon as she wakes up make her a mum because that's the only thing that a woman could possibly be a mother don't agree with it absolutely do not agree with it not once throughout alien did she mention having a daughter she looked far too young to have a daughter anyway at no point does she even reflect on it through the first film and I just think this was absolutely forced on us so that you could introduce that little scrotum child that you have running around the set fucking newt oh my god John the hate I have for that little child is atrocious (laughs) like what are you your accent changes 60 million times you can't fucking act so I don't know how you got the job anyway and if she fell down that fucking little turbine thing I'd have left her because all she's doing is hold them up, the whole film. And then Ripley's like, oh, we've got to get her. If I was that other fella, I'd gone, no. If you want to stay, go and get her, but I'm nuking it and I'm fucking off, so see you later. There are a lot of problems with this film, John. A lot of problems. And I think the size of the cast is a big one because you don't really know 
who to stick with and who to focus on. <sighs> I feel like I'm scratching the surface now. <laughs> I feel like you're in a therapy session. <laughs> I do. Do you know, John? I do. I just feel like... It, I don't... But the thing is, I don't think it's a bad film. It's just he could have made his own alien film and not this. And when I say that, I mean a film about aliens. This didn't... He didn't have to do this and he shouldn't have done it and he shouldn't have been allowed to do it. But this is what happens when you get people going, oh my God, James Cameron wants to do this. This is what happens. But it's... It's so... It's so bizarre, this... <clears throat> and I know, I like, know that this is much loved by fans. I, I get it. I can, I can see why you like it. But it's, it's personal taste, and I don't particularly like it. And if I do ever do a rewatch of these films, I don't miss it out. I don't skip it because I'm not a tit. Because some of <laughs> some of the stuff that happens in this film obviously goes into two, uh, three, and and four. But all of those things that do go into two and four are all the things that Cameron put in place and not so much what um, Ridley Scott put in place, which I don't really uh, understand. Um, the aliens don't even look the same. They've got a different, like, colour to them. What I do appreciate, though, and what I did enjoy was we get introduced to the Queen. But then when you even look at that, it's like... The queen lays eggs, therefore she is the mother of the aliens. And it has to be the polar opposite of Ripley, obviously. I, I just think that's a load of bullshit as well. Do you know what I mean? Like... I, I mean, I get it. I, I'd understand it a lot more if it was now. But in 1986, like, there, there was no such thing as a female hero that was that just didn't exist well I mean, that's on james he's, cameron he's, for being an idiot then yeah, isn't it because ridley scott set it up really fine yeah he's 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 done even look at terminator think... like sarah connor arguably is the hero of that film what is she someone's mom some fella's mom yeah he but can't let go of that just... Well, I, I don't really understand the problem in that. Why can't she just be a woman? Why does she have to be a mother? This is what I... I mean, not so much for Sarah Connor, because, OK, that's the entire premise of the film. But for Ripley, she wasn't, and she didn't have to be. Why did you choose that? I think I think a lot of it is is kind of grounded in the, in, in the, the time. I do... I think you got to respect that. I think done now, I'd get it because... I won't. The, 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 kind of <laughs> the kind of world is a lot bigger and women are... I mean, obviously they weren't back then, but on the screen, they they, they needed a platform and that it, it's a bit of a cliched platform, but it's it pays off to me because it's... Mother against mother, like lioness against lioness. Fitting that I said lioness after yesterday, like, but like, and I think that's how he made it work. He's got maternal instincts versus maternal, very bizarre maternal instincts, and I, I think that's how it makes it work. And the, you've got that immortal line, "Get away from her, you bitch," which is like, it's it still keeps its, its kind of rough and ready sort of cinematic 
quality to it. I, I, I mean, I do, I do understand what you're saying now. With because this is like, I think this might be the first time that we've ever talked about this without shouting at each other and throwing things at each other. Or being drunk. And I do get it. Or being drunk. Um, or just walking away in complete disbelief. <laughs> um, but. I, I have to agree. You've never actually said to me that all James Cameron's early films look the same. And I, I just thought about it then, and all of them do, like every single one. He loves that cobalt blue look over everything. And it's like, hmm. Um, I, I take umbrage with the horror to sci-fi because this film still scares the shit out of me. Fucking hell. But it, this is, again, I'd love to know how, because by increasing the amount of aliens that you that that the characters come across and thereby you come across as as an audience member and the way that they are easily dispatched with guns and weapons and yeah that there is fight and people die and i'm not saying that i'm not saying like it's they'd go around with a feather and tickle them to death but it's like they're so easily dispatched that you've completely undone the threat of the original film now and so because there's there's that many of them coming for them that to me is not scary yeah it is it is it isn't it is a war film it's genuinely a war film and it's like we're, we're going they're going up these shame. tough soldiers and i love i love i have to give like special mention to all, all of everyone who's i mean i don't think that the marines were on camera enough i don't think there was enough of them because that they were absolutely fantastic from um, Al Matthews who plays uh, Apone um, all the way through to, to Where's Basky and Crow they're all amazing Dietrich Frost they're all amazing do you know and I had to look into why they were so good and it was because James Cameron didn't write the dialogue for them his brother Michael Cameron did guess what Michael Cameron did mm. in the army he was a marine oh so everything he did came out of him and they got them so spot on from like <clears throat> Jeanette Goldstein who's pretty much a staple of all of James Cameron's films just never misses a beat she's fantastic she plays this four foot tall deliver, gnome deliverer of death and she's just badass and they're all like I wanted more of that I mean that's the one thing I will say and every time they're on camera every time they're there I love them all all of them mad props they endanger species they were amazing loved it and that's maybe a bit more of that is all the only thing I can say It's be, and it's because when they go into the shit they can all look after themselves they're all tough and they get in that first fight they get their ass kicked it reminds me of that moment in Predator when you get they, they, they show their first assault and those lad, those lads are ad as nails. Ad. It's going to take something so, so... That's the whole reason that that base thing is in Predator. So you can see what these chaps can do. Like, they, they just decimate an entire army. And that's the same thing in this. They don't really show it. Maybe they could have shown it as well. But I'm getting too carried away. I'm trying to write my own Aliens film. But... You know that they're ad and they're going in there and then they get their asses kicked and like you think to yourself and then when all the fucking walls start moving and all this action starts and the motion tracking oh my god the motion trackers like stop your grinning and drop your linen we got movement oh my god and you're watching you're watching a man hold a fucking remote control thing and it's going bleep and there's 
poo coming out of you and you're going, I don't like this, I don't like this. I've got some quotes on this and I have to, uh, where is it, Roger Ebert called um, the film and especially The Last Hour painfully, un unremittingly intense and he's absolutely right and that's where this film excels. There's not much in the world that is that builds m more than this. Like, for the first hour or so, it's it instills a complete discomfort in you that is that is one of the finest directors in the world learning how to direct and he's and he's doing it and it's fucking there and it's boom 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 and at that for the, for those for this film for terminator 2 for terminator for the abyss that is why he will always be up there for me true lies a little bit after that, he goes off, and that's that's that. When he's when he got paid, he stopped stopped being angry, and that. but for these, the way that they're made, the way that they they're crafted, the way that they're done, the way that they build up the well, this builds the tension, absolutely fantastic. Then it kicks off after an hour, and then for the last sort of forty five minutes, it is you're just standing there watching Sigourney Weaver own the entire world. If 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 she wasn't, I mean, there was a bit of dispute. I don't know if you know about the dispute with her in this film. Go on. She she kind of she kind of didn't really want to do it. Don't say anything. She didn't really want to do it because she doesn't really like guns. She's very anti-guns. So she said, "I'll do it if you give me a million dollars." Nineteen eighty-six, woman, million dollars, never gonna happen. It did, and she she's worth every penny. She's she's she. Without her, everyone knows this film doesn't work, and it does become what you think it is. Then it becomes this mindless action straight to DVD thing. She is the grounding in this, and yes, he does cheat and he uses his motherhood thing, but I don't mind that because she does it so well. I'm not even um, going to agree with you on Sigourney Weaver's performance because. <clears throat> Okay, I mean, you've just made it worse by telling me she asked for a million dollars. What she should have asked for, <laughs> what she should have asked for was a complete rewrite of the character because that's not her character. That's, that's not, it's not Ripley. I don't know who she is. I, I, honestly, I don't, I think it, it was. How? Because she's, she's still got the, um, the kind of, the traits that made her that, like, the, even when she says I've slept enough, that that's Ripley. I'm not. I, I don't want to lie down. I want to do something. When she's like, uh, I, and I quote, I feel like a third wheel, a bit like a third wheel around here. Is there anything I can do? So she's she, she's like, you can drive that loader, and she does that, and she she gets all set up, and she's proper like, looks at the cameras, way it wanted, and it's like, the, <coughs> she's that, that that's that's classic Ripley, and it's like I'm just not when, convinced. <clears throat> when when. And and I know I have I have just had to Google, um, did Ripley have a daughter in the original? And I, I didn't actually know that she didn't. I thought she mentioned her in it, and I was thinking, what the she fuck are you talking about? John. But, yeah, she doesn't. But no, she doesn't. And would but, she? Would she even attempt yeah. to get a message yeah. to a daughter? Yeah. You you have a point there. I will say that, but introducing it in this one worked. It still worked. It may be a may have pissed a couple of people off but it still worked for me it does and it gave it gave them the the base for the film and the distrust of bishop as well 
because of what um, Ash did in the in the first one. Ash played I agree brilliantly by Ian Home. I agree. Um, with that I point. thought that was amazing. I just I, I just think it was a, it was an um, an alien an aliens film done very differently, but it works for me. It's like how a sequel should be. You shouldn't make a carbon copy of the original. No, um, you absolutely and, shouldn't. And, and, but you should stay within the, the genre. One, yeah, and the third one works as well because that's for me the Alien trilogy is one of the finest trilogies there because they're all so different. Like after you watch Alien Three, you you have to get up and go and have a shower because it's just so grimy and horrible, mm, it and is. it's a human drama and it's 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 got a bit of everything in it. But we'll we'll do that another time. Let's stick with this. And with this, you you it's it's a it's a rip roaring war film. And yeah, it co- it gets a bit of criticism, not as much as from you. I think you criticise it more than anyone I've ever heard of, to be honest. I'm glad um, to be the voice of reason in a sea of <laughs> idiots. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> well, I do, do. know what? To be honest, I thought we we had more of a fight over it than Dust Till Dawn than we've had over this. Well, I think that's because Dust Till Dawn genuinely shocked me, whereas this one, I sort of, I, I know your views, and you know mine. I just, it, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't I didn't man. really like any of the Marines, to be honest with you. Oh, um, you're mental. I liked, I liked Hudson, Burke's you character. Like I liked his character. I liked... Um, you liked Burke over all the Marines? Yeah, because he was an interesting character. I liked. I didn't mind Bishop. Thought they could have done a little bit more with him, but they never. Ripley says the best thing to Burke ever. Right, I wrote it on um, on Black Friday. Do you know when you when you watch those Black Friday things and all the people are like punching kids to get to a pair of tights and stuff in a shop? And I wrote. I, I posted a picture of it back in the days when I had Facebook, and I put this quote that Ripley says to him, um, and it says, "I don't know what species is worse, Burke. You don't see them fucking each other over for a goddamn percentage." You know, it's just like, mic drop, Facebook king today. Got about three likes. And uh, <laughs> I mean, got more. Got I mean, more. you are you are right. There are some memorable lines in there. Obviously, you've just mentioned two. Um, the only two, probably. <laughs> no, I'm oh, joking. Would you I'm like joking. me to go on? No, no, no. I am joking. Um, no. So you have, you have. There are some mem- really memorable moments in there, and um, there was a bit when I was watching it, and I was thinking, okay, that is creepy. But now I can't, for the life of me, remember what part it was. Ah, oh, I should have written it down, shouldn't I? Ah, oh, well, never it's happened. Like some sort of secreted resin. <laughs> Looks like no. some sort of secreted resin. I can't remember what it was. Right, my brother's know. right. My my brothers are both engineers and electricians and stuff. And any time anything needs fixing anywhere, the older one will say to the younger one, "Run a bypass," which is what Apone says to Hudson. This this film is instilled in me. I reckon if I put it on now, I could probably quote every line in it. I love it so much. It is it is a. F- fucking masterpiece and a lesson in how to do a sequel it, it, it I genuinely I love watching the making of it I love watching James Cameron talk about it I love watching anyone talk about it do you know what happened on the set of this I don't he made it in they made it in Pinewood Studios and James Cameron back when he was a real filmmaker was a 
Nazi director. Sorry, I'm going to get fired oh. from with the, the Transformers sequel now. Um, he was he was cursed. Michael Bean once described him as cursed with a vision, and he will do anything to get it. That's what a director should be. Not this hippie swanning along in a computer generated forest. Piss off. Um, <laughs> when he when he was on the set, uh, the the British crew, um, the union made them have tea. Uh, well, the, the the union made sure that they had tea breaks at eleven and three, and every time that he was gotten getting going on something, they'd come in and he'd be like, "Oh for fuck's sake!" So we banned the tea, the tea breaks, and um, they paid him. They kind of got back on him by putting PCP in his coffee. Well, Did that explains that? quite a bit. <laughs> and it was just like Lance Henriksen nearly had a fight with like one of the uh, the union guys. He was like, if you fucking if you fucking touch me again, I'm gonna kick your ass. And if anyone knows who Lance Henriksen is, he plays Bishop. He is a scary dude. He he. I I described him to Sean yesterday as a man potentially able to knock out God. Um, he he was originally penned to play the Terminator in the original film, but obviously, when the muscles came in, he got his own way. Quite rightly so as well. Mm. Face Can't imagine Lance as the Terminator. Oh, I can. I think. It, I think it, it, it. I think he worked quite well. But I mean, it would have been a different it, film, if, wouldn't it? A completely different film. It would have been more. I. I mean, it, could he? Have, I don't even think he could have played um, the T one thousand. No. But uh, because the T one thousand, whereas the T eight hundred is Arnold, the T one thousand is Robert Patrick, and I still don't think he gets enough credit for that. No, he doesn't. He, God love him. He, he ab- absolutely fantastic. And then he was Davies Catino in The Sopranos, and it, it, the, the man just makes me love him even more but anyway getting back to this yeah um yeah i'm quite surprised how civil that was i am here's the question here's the question for you though this is the question i want to ask you obviously for me which is the good one it's nightmare cinema isn't it yes john okay we've only been doing this for over a year and a half now um this to me is 150% 150% Nightmare Cinema and in the Nightmare Cinema scale I think this is like third in the list oh. what is it to you? <sighs> I'd stay for the popcorn and the reason for that I'm talking myself out of it, isn't it, even as I'm saying it. It's so conflicted. I can see the conflict on your face. And the reason I'm saying it... I actually it feel sorry for you. It's because it's, it is an alien film. When alien films were, were really good. But... I just don't agree with some of the choices that he made in this film and for that character. And... There's a lot of disappointment today because I feel like I'm disappointed in in you. I'm disappointed <laughs> in Sigourney Sorry, Weaver. And, uh, I'm disappointed in James Cameron. <clears throat> I just, I don't understand this decision I, and I don't think I ever will. And I need to, I've just, I've just sort of made peace with it. But then every time someone mentions it or I watch it, I just think, what the fuck is this? <laughs> when it could it could have been something else. Like, I'm fine if you want to make your film about your wise cracking fucking marines in space. That's great. Go and do it in someone else's franchise because I'm not fucking interested, James. 
To be honest with you, that's not what I signed on for. So... How do you get out of this you know, chicken shit outfit, eh? Do you know what it sort of reminded me of? And I'm so I'm glad that you've said that it was written by... Is the dialogue was written by... Um, for the Marines was written by his brother rather than him. Because it sort of invalidates the point I'm about to make. But when I was listening to some of the dialogue, and not just from the Marines, but sort of overall, it's that really... It's it's like Quentin Tarantino, where you can tell Quentin Tarantino's dialogue a mile away, and you can tell Joss Whedon's dialogue a mile away. It's that, and I just think it's too stylized. It's it's not real, and I yeah, think a lot you, of the characters were like that. The, I think it's no, no, super no, no, no. Real, I'm not. I'm not saying that um, his brother did not know Marines that spoke like that. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when you write in fiction, there is a difference bet- between being real and feeling real, isn't there? As, as you know, it's it's got to feel real for the audience. And that dialogue doesn't feel real to me the way that Joss Whedon I doesn't feel does. real to me or Quentin Tarantino's dialogue doesn't feel real to me. And who's the I other th- wanker that makes those stupid films? And everybody loves Guy Ritchie. His dialogue doesn't feel real to me. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Oh, and wow, that's the dream. I didn't know. You never said that. What what what's a day this is? A day for revelation? I'm just. I I sorely I disappointed. Back then, in the eighties, when these guys were kind of honing their skills, especially Cameron, um, they they had the, they passed the, their scripts through a lot of filters. A lot of other people would do them. Gail Ann Head is, is another one that he passed it through. He was the producer of this and the producer of Terminator. It was also his wife at the time. <clears throat> and they, they they kind of give... Let's say me giving a, giving one of mine to you and then you go through it and pile it out and then giving it to Rach and Rachel do it or something like that. Um, they, they just kind of tighten it up, fix things. Tighten this things up? More. The film is the longest thing ever. They've no, not done I mean, as in, as in, as in, as in, not like that. I mean, get the, the dialogue where it's at. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't do that now. And I, I, I remember the, the, the reason that I'm saying this is because I, I remember in Avatar, and you know, this is when you know they're all surrounded by yes men who just go, that's amazing, Quentin, that's amazing, James, or Jim, or whatever it's called. <laughs> and I remember uh, watching Avatar, and I was blown away by Avatar. I couldn't believe how good it looked. And then when I, now I'm completely film aware with it, I just think to myself, what a fucking rip-off. What a con that is. But anyway, it's when, when the guy wakes up, he goes into the Avatar thing, mm. and he wakes up, and he, he can use his legs for the first time and ever. So he's running through this fucking field, <clears> and he's, 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 he's doing all this, and he's going, oh. And he comes back in, and he leans against this window. And you you think he's gonna say something? He doesn't even have to say anything. It's when the the the, the CGI guys really excel when they just show the look on his face. But he says something, and he goes, and I quote, "This is great." And I'm just like, he's walking oh. for the first time. He's feeling soil for the first time between his toes. And he goes, "This is great." And that's when you know. I mean, for like we know how scripts are made, and we know the work that went into. To, Uni, uni scripts so to get one at that level you, you, you're not short of resources but that's when you know they've just gone oh that's great Mr Cameron can I have a blowjob now or would you like a blowjob now 
Um, that's all it is. It's yes man. And back back na back back in the eighties, I think he had some of the solidest dialogue and there is. I know he allowed a lot more kind of um, improvisation from his mm-hmm. actors because he had much better actors back then. The Abyss. I don't think Ed Harris read a, a line of dialogue in that. He made that. He just went with the flow. Red Harris became a, a tool pusher in that. He was phenomenal. And the reason why you know he was phenomenal is because he hasn't spoken to James Cameron since. Neither is <laughs> Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. But this is what I mean. For this for this period of time, from the Terminator to I would I would go I would involve, include True Lies in it. This guy for me was the best around, and Aliens smack it. Early doors showed us what he can do, and it is for me one hundred percent a masterpiece. And I'm gonna watch it again in a minute. Fantastic. I've got a sore throat because I've talked too much. You're a fucking idiot. (laughs) That's all I have to say to you on that one. And for me, I need to finish speaking about it because I just, I can't do it anymore, John. Do you know what? For 10 years, right, this has been a bit of a joke to me. I've always thought it was quite funny, but I've just noticed the conflict in your face there. This really bothers you, doesn't it? Well, yeah, because I don't want to hate... I do not enjoy hating films. I don't, despite what you might think. I just think everyone's... Just made a career off it. Everyone's films should be at a decent standard. That's just my belief. Otherwise, don't do it. It's like going to Dr. Shipman's surgery and expecting him not to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's subservice. You wouldn't go, would you? So... I just, I don't like shit films or films that I've got massive problems with and films that I think this is a a glaringly obvious problem. Why have you not seen it and you are paid for this stuff? I just, I can't, I cannot, (laughs) I cannot put into words the disappointment I feel about Ripley's character in this film. I just can't. I don't think I can vocalise it enough and I'm going to have to finish here because... I'm just so distraught. I've got no. I think you need to see a therapist, mate. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. <laughs> maybe. Right. That's enough of the masterpiece now. Hmm. Okay. So, sort of technically, kind of almost. A bit in keeping with the theme from last week. What did we do last last time? Was it that hush thing? Yeah, it was. Oh, no, I can't it was, no, it was Bates Motel, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was Bates Motel. I yeah. forgot. I forgot about that. Cracking, cracking show that. Uh, but kind of going back to when we did that hush one, which is very very good. It's sort of like we're keeping it family friendly today, and inevitably we had to do a Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. So I have chosen. Um, the episode called Blink. Oh, I've forgotten what the thing was. Blink. Uh, Blink. Thank you. You're perfect. I forgot what it was completely called then. <clears throat> um, let me just get up some. Because uh, I've just closed the screen because I am an idiotic boob. Breast. Breast in peace. <laughs> Blink, here we go. 
Okay, for, so it's from season three, episode 10, uh, 2007, during the David Tennant phase. Uh, written by the powerhouse that is Stephen Moffat, uh, directed by Hetty MacDonald. Um, it obviously stars David Tennant, Freema Agamemnon, but she's only in it for a bit and she's dead annoying. Um, it has lent an impossibly large amount of class because the one and only national treasure that is Kerry Mulligan is in it. And it's a, a, a brilliant story. <clears throat> There's no two ways about it. It's an excellent story. I can't, I, I'm not going to say it's terrifying. The idea of it is quite scary, but the episode itself, obviously because it's on a tea time on a Saturday night, isn't that scary. But it is it is quite creepy, but the story itself... I mean, I love it when Doctor Who get it right, and it, um, believe it or not, and this is now it's time for me to take the unpopular opinion, they don't get it right that often. If there's 300 episodes, 290 of them are absolute garbage, but when they get it right, it is phenomenally good <clears throat> this is this is a case of them getting it right and the idea be behind these weeping angels things once you th once once the show's finished and you sat there and you're thinking about it they do freak you out a bit and they use again in later episodes in 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 not as good stories but to a better effect but this one is 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 very 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 good and very very well done you don't like Doctor Who, do you? I don't like Doctor Who, no. Did you like this episode? No. <laughs> I... <sighs> I mean, I feel like I don't even want to talk about it, John, and I feel like this is pure deflation from Dawn till yeah. dusk, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I try and be a little bit more energetic. Nothing happens for 40 fucking minutes... Loads happens at the, what? for forty minutes. It tells a, 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 a I can't actually <laughs> list the amount of things that go on. In okay, this. not forty like, minutes. Let's say thirty minutes, because the last ten minutes a yeah. lot happens. I, I I don't understand where the fuck was the doctor was in it for two minutes throughout the whole thing I don't understand I don't know who this Sally Sparrow is so this is not what I was expecting at all is she like is she in the series is she just a character they just threw in for this story I think she's just in it for the story so it's, it's, but, it's but it's like it's based on a short story called What I Did on My Christmas Holidays by Sally Sparrow Um, by I think I'm not sure who wrote it actually to be honest, um, but it's it's that's what the episode's based on a, a short story, um, and I feel like they sort of had to shoehorn in the Doctor because obviously the show is called Doctor Who, obviously. Um, I just don't think it quite worked for me. Um, I feel like we spent half more than half of the episode wandering around um getting you... getting this list of dvds people <clears throat> going back in time for yeah. i, I are just you, are you sort of judging this on scariness or just entertainment value generally? both because it's not scary it's just not scary it, it's it's good it's a good little story but it's not i mean i thought i 
<clears throat> I googled scariest episodes of Doctor Who, and this was the this was up here. Everything else was down there, so I was like, okay, the idea is very scary, but the execution is not scary in any way. I kind of understand that because it has to be on at half five. However. Buffy has to be on at half five, and that hush one scares the shit out of me. Like, scares the shit out of me so much, I don't want to watch it again. Just from the looks of those people and the way that it's done, scares the shit out of me. Mm. Scared me so much, I'd like freak freak me the fuck out. Um, it's it's I, I don't know if it's like if, if it's f fandom masturbation, and they just refuse to acknowledge that it's it's not actually as good as everyone thinks it is. Um, but I like certain episodes, and I do like certain... I did like this one, but it's not because it was a scary episode. It was not what everyone was saying. It was on the internet. They were going, uh, best 40 minutes of British television ever and all this. And I was just like, it's just not. It's just not. Carrie Mulligan is fantastic, as she always is. Mm. Carrie Mulligan could be asleep and it'd be art. Don't start, because mm. you will. Get the back of my hand. Don't diss my care. Come on, these performances, John, were very, very early 2000s. They were not the acting was not great in this. Come on. By everyone else apart from her. No, including her. Oh. Let's move on quickly. <laughs> I'll send her around your house and she'll knock you out. I'm not scared. <clears throat> Should be. Should she bring Lance Henriksen with it? With her. <laughs> um <clears throat> But yeah, it's not I because the, the this always seems to be the way with Doctor Who, because I get told, "Oh, did you watch this? It's dead good. It's it's this this episode." So I watch it, and I'm like, "It's it's 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 just all right. It's not. It. I just don't think it should be a flagship show. And this, mm. it's 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 just okay and mildly entertaining. It's not. I mean, it's it's definitely for children, isn't it? The the TV show, um, and I know like a lot of adults love it, but a lot of adults love it because, um, of nostalgia um, and that's probably the only reason why because they were watching it when they were growing up and they want to see what happens next but I, I this is something I've not really been interested in Doctor Who and I know a lot of people are and that's absolutely fantastic I tried to watch um, a few episodes when I was a kid with, with my nan well, I'm saying a kid 2007 I wasn't a kid <laughs> my nan used to watch it when it came back and I was so happy because Giles from Buffy was in it and it was one of his first roles since one of his first ro big roles since um, since Buffy ended so I watched it and it was about like bats um, and I was like yeah this is shit <laughs> I yeah, won't be going back to that. Yeah, I mean, it get it, when it gets it right, it is absolutely fantastic. But it's like you have to sit through so much garbage before it happens. Gra granted, this is this is one of the better ones. It's made, but it it really is a good story. But it's not, it's not what they said it was. They said it was the scariest one, and it's not. And well, I, and, and you know what I'm like. I'm scared of. It it might be the scariest episode of Doctor Who. I I don't know, um, but I mean, if... I've seen scarier. I've seen oh, scarier right, okay. Ones. I just don't think that this TV show is is a Sean thing. <laughs> um, I don't really think it was great. What is? I don't think. Did you not like the story though? I I like not the story. really, not particularly. It was fuck. It was boring. Like he. The, the, Billy, when he was older, 
it, it transpires that he was the one that put the messages in the DVDs, the Easter eggs, in those 17 DVDs. But then I was thinking, how did he know what 17 DVDs she was going to have? They met each other once in a car park. Explain yeah, that's, it. That's the Doctor Who effect, that. Well, yeah, not impressed. Not impressed but, at all. Yeah, I mean, it's... It it does... I liked it, I, this episode. I don't know if I like Doctor Who. I like that, that, that season with Matt Smith. I liked a few episodes with David Tennant. Didn't like anything with Eccleston because... I, I just didn't... It, it was finding its feet then. Um, haven't liked anything since... Um, especially loathed it when they sold it to America and it just became everything became about bloody John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon and the moon landing and I was just like right this, I'm done with this now one thing it's always been it's been quintessentially British mm. and it's always it's, it's always been ours but when they sold it to America and they started going over there I was just like what are you doing you are selling our soul yeah, and I haven't really vibed with it ever since. I do occasionally like going back and watching the odd episode here and there, but it's not. It just it doesn't. They just fucked it up so much with that America thing that I just can't get into it now. Mm. Um, and, and and that doesn't to say that say that like Peter Capaldi who's just brilliant in um, the thing in the loops based on. In the loop, he's in the loop is based on a TV. The thick of it, he's fantastic in that. Uh, Jodie Whittaker's dead good as well. She's in Attack the Block and she's fantastic in that. Um, but it just doesn't appeal to me anymore. And mm. it was kind of like watching this. I was kind of like, oh, I remember when you were all right and you were one of us before you were tainted by American dollars. I mean, one thing it, do I would would I go back to when Russell T Davis brought this back and have a look and see what was going on? Would I, based off this episode? Probably not. I I probably would based on this episode because I really liked the little story, even though it's flawed. Because I kind of like the the, the the time thing, even when it's a bit poo. Um, but I kind of like that. But if you went back to the beginning, you'd you'd have to wait about twenty episodes before you found another one even half as good as this. And that's the problem with Doctor Who for me. It's just it's just not as good as everyone makes it out to be. If people love it, sound. I'm pretty sure it's engineered to be something you look up from like that while you're having your tea on your knee or something. Mm. I think that's what it is. And if you if it's on in the background, sound. And if people love it, sound. I've got no problem with that. Except the American episodes. If you like them, piss off. <clears throat> just piss off. Was that after Russell left? Um, it, I think it was it was after that that season, the first season with Matt Smith and um, Karen Gillan. Do you know that one? That that was just like really like really really good. Um, and then everyone was expecting the same again, and it they, they immediately turned up in America, and I was just like, "What have you done here? What has happened?" What has you done? Yeah, season six is when it went to America. Oh, fuck it off. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, I, I will always cheer Doctor Who on because it's British and now it's back in Britain. Even better. Mm. But, yeah, um, I think we should let you go. I think you need therapy. 
I think you're right. <laughs> After this, just because of this. Oh, due to the show's tight schedule, the episode had only one script meeting, and I feel that explains a lot. For, for this bling? Well, why did it only have a... Why? This is this isn't like this is a flagship show for for the BBC. This is one of the jewels that they've got. They spend twelve million pounds a year on this. Why has it only got one script meeting? Probably they probably just threw it out there and think, oh, they'll they'll watch it, lash it on. Yeah, it's like I mean the 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 untrained ear will listen to that and go. Oh, they're working really hard on it, but because we spent five years, well, I spent five years getting this crap th- hammered into me what it what it goes through. For casualty alone, they have about 15 script meetings before it even gets approved. So, mm. yeah. Um, and this is supposed to be a, a much bigger show than that. I know, I know. The beam needs, needs to get its finger out. Oh, Right, we're all going to let Sean go to bed now because it looks like he's about to cry. Yeah, I do feel yeah. like that's going to happen. Until next time, dear listener, thank you for listening. We shall see you soon. Thank you and goodbye forever.